Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are once again live from the internet, live from quarantine, live from our respective homes slash places that we're squatting. Uh, Very excited to have you all here. A couple of orders of business right at the top. Of course, this is an audio podcast, so if you're listening to the audio podcast... That's awesome. And That's we very you cool. Very much. You're not uh, missing out on some sh- strong visuals. <laughs> uh, but we are doing this live to the internet in two places right now. The first one is Crowdcast. If you're over on Crowdcast, great news. We got an ask a question thing for you later in the show. We are going to answer your questions. So drop those there at any point. And after the stack portion of the show, we'll get to your questions. We'd love to get as many as possible. Uh, if you're over on YouTube, don't worry. I got that window open too. So I'm going to be monitoring that. Yeah. We don't have the fan. Ask a question thing, uh, but we definitely want to hear from all of you watching over there as well. What's and going on with for you? Those How of, are you feeling? For those of you on uh, pornographic sites, Pete's got a window open there, <laughs> taking questions and comments from anybody and everybody. As always. Yes. <laughs> now, speaking of Pete, I think this is an important thing to start oh, off boy. with. Pete, oh, this boy. is a What's big that? day for you. Yes. What? This, is a, this is a big day for you. What do you, what do you mean by that? This is Surely a very been, big day. You've been celebrating all day. Yeah, this this is exciting. I mean, you you've been celebrating all day. You know what this is, right? What today no. is? What is the today? momentous day that this is here? You know what? I'm going to see. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to try to uh, share something with you here, and we'll see if it works. All right, uh, okay. and then maybe this will give you a little bit of a clue. Here, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> It's enough to just see it. Is it an anniversary of when Tommy Boy came out? That's absolutely correct, Pete. You just won the quiz that Alex accidentally made up because the audio is not working. <laughs> oh, can yeah. you guys not hear it? I can no, hear it. No. It sounds oh, fun, that's though. That's too bad. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I know what's, what he's saying right now. I don't even need the audio. Yeah, say yeah, do it, Pete. Fat guy in a little coat. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Alex, don't do it. Fat guy in a little coat. Alex, don't do it. Don't do it, Alex. <laughs> don't, do it. don't do it. Oh, don't God, do it. Alex. Uh, fat guy. Oh. Take it off, Dick Hole. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, there you go, oh. Pete. It was, there yeah. you go. It, in honor it. of okay. Tommy Boy and Fat Guy in a Little Coat, Alex did Old Guy in a Regular Size Coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, don't, I only have coats that fit me amazingly around here. So oh, right wow. Now. Tailored. Uh, humble brag. Rich guy <laughs> in a tailored coat. Yeah, this is the 25th anniversary of Tommy Boy, Pete. I can't believe you didn't know. I can't believe I didn't notice that. Oh, oh my man. God. I've, been, I've been losing it all day. All my favorite moments from Tommy Boy, like when uh, Chris Farley did that thing, when David Spade did that thing. I have never I seen that movie. Wow, <laughs> what an admission. What? You've never seen I've it? I've never, seen, it. I've never seen Tommy Boy. I'm sorry. I've seen... Oh. 
that clip that I shared that you guys couldn't hear. Uh, though I think they might hear it on the podcast, but we'll, we'll see what happens. That'll be a fun we'll thing to that. We'll keep celebrating to find out if the audio worked on the different uh, medium. <laughs> uh, what a what a fun time to be alive, Pete. How are you going to celebrate your Tommy Boy anniversary? Well, I'm definitely going to watch it for sure. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's just one of those ones that you can't get tired of watching. It's just so good, and uh, you know, just it's. It gives every time. It just you know makes you smile and laugh. Finally, was, uh, an excuse was... for you to watch Tommy Boy. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> all I needed. Uh, Jay Sinison over over on the chat says, "Almost Heroes" is the best Chris Farley movie. Do you agree with that, Pete, or is it Tommy Boy? That's Tommy Boy all day and night. Is that Not Matthew Perry? Is that a Matthew Perry joint as well? Yeah, that's a Matthew Perry. Which you lose points for that. Wow. Oh man. Wow. Wow, that really is too bad. Uh, two other things that I want to mention, uh, just because people are watching from very far away. Uh, this is Edward Dougherty over on Crowdcast. Says, I'm watching from Canberra, Australia. Can't wait to see Ooh. Pete's beard in real time. Hope that it's not disappointing. Pete, how's that beard doing? Are you growing a quarantine beard right now? Uh, I I have not. Uh, tri- Normally, I do trim it and um, try to maintain one level. But right now, it's just kind of becoming its own monster. So I'm a little worried. <laughs> uh, someone did I'm, make the comment as well that your hair is actually getting tamer as this goes on. Uh, in a bizarre that, twist I, of fate. I don't know if that's true. I oh, don't there we go. You, no, you, you were, just <laughs> messed it up on purpose. And now you're straight out. You couldn't do it. Come on. Your mommy, your mommy combed that this morning because it's picture day. It's internet <laughs> picture day. Don't mess it I up. I wish. All right. I'm quarantined for my mom. Yeah. Uh, and then we actually got uh, one other comment over on YouTube. Uh, Radlam says, greetings from Peru again. Our national lockdown was going to end today, but the government decided to make it until April 12th. So I guess more free time to read comics. Yes, that is the right way to look at it. It is free yeah, time exactly. to read comments, everybody. Um, have you guys, uh, we were texting a little bit before this when we were talking about what we want to do for our intro uh, for a bit, what we've been doing with our time. Pete immediately was like, board games, you know, like board games that we've created. What were, yeah. what were you talking about, Pete? I did, <laughs> no, I just was saying games that you've created because of the quarantine. You know, like hmm. maybe you're tired of board games at this point. Maybe you're kind of like inventing. My favorite uh, game that I've invented is, uh, is a drinking game when you're on Zoom. Every time the red, or the green box comes on you, you got to drink. So oh. you do a shot. So every time oh, you speak? That's <laughs> yeah, when you're talking, yeah, so you, Pete. <laughs> yeah, I know. You try not to talk, you know. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get effed up. I, we did this fun <laughs> game in my house where... Where um, it's, uh, we, it's, it's a game where as soon as the kids go to bed, we drink until we fall asleep. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, a that's a fun game. That is a fun game. We win and uh, lose every day. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's get into it. A reminder, if you got a question over on Crowdcast in particular, uh, drop it in the Ask a Question section. If you're over on YouTube, we're going to get to them and read through them later. Um, oh, one last comic before, comment before we get into the main part of the show. Uh, JPeeler999 says, hate the quarantine, but love getting to finally see you guys. Hadn't made it to NYC yet for the Tuesday night show. Thank you so much for watching online. That's actually... Yes. I would say one of the fun parts of doing this this way is there are folks that we haven't been able to see at our live show for a very long time or have never seen it who are getting to connect with this way. And it's awesome. So thank yeah. you all for watching. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, definitely. 
And now it's time for a little section that we like to call the collection of comics. All right. So for the stack today, the other name that we sometimes call it, uh, we're going to do a couple of comics that came out the last week that we thought were particularly interesting or worth talking about. We got a big old stack because big stack. It's the last week of comics for a while, which I'm sure is something that we're going to talk about later on. Oh, that's, you that's okay, Pete? You, I mean, it's, it's true. What, yeah, sure, it's true, but let's not celebrate it, you fucking asshole. Well, I don't think we're celebrating <laughs> it. Celebrating but it. the idea here, though, to make something nice about it, I think it's a great time to go back yeah. and read old comics. Because uh, I feel like uh, I have just so many, so many comics that I don't, I'm like, I'll read these again, so and then I don't. Many. Um, so now's a great time to do that. And I'm actually excited. There, the the official nomenclature is new to you comics day instead of new comics day is what everybody's calling it, uh, which takes it from my second favorite uh, NBC tagline after must see TV is if you haven't seen it, it's new to you, which they used yeah. to say over the summer when repeats are on. I was like, that's great. Wow. First of all, we're going to talk about Far Sector number five from DC Comics. This is a story by N.K. Jemisin and art and color by Jamal Campbell. This is a young animal book about a uh, rookie Green Lantern. What? The way you said that. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. A little bit sort of gross. Like you're uh, in there for the young animals. You're a veal guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you for going in that direction instead of the other one. Uh, so this is about a rookie Green Lantern who is on in the Fark sector in a very far off part of the universe. We reviewed the first couple of issues, I believe, on the stack yes. and found it to be like a very cool, actual sci-fi take on Green Lantern. There's a lot of mystery there. There's a lot of weirdness. The great thing about this issue is it jumps back in time and finally gives us information a little bit on the origin of the main Green Lantern that we're following, though there's still plenty of questions about her. Uh, Pete, Justin, what'd you guys think about this book? Well, I first off, the art's amazing. It, yeah. uh, what's great about it for me is it doesn't feel like a Green Lantern book. It, it feels more like a Vertigo <laughs> book, and because I don't like Green Lantern, I'm not gonna yeah. you know lie about that. What it's don't not you like about Green Lantern? Things. The rings. Um, what what part? Green, green, a lot. The color a green. Lot. You're oh, like the lantern. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah, you don't you like lanterns? Space cops. Space cops. Why? Yeah. So, space cops is very fun. Yeah, that's a fun nope. concept. It's not fun. What don't you like about space or cops? Cops. But anyways, (laughs) I just think that like uh, this is a really fresh take on it. The the art kind of really puts it in a different place, which is great. And the main character is very interesting and cool. And it's just one of those things where I look forward to it when we talk about it, look forward to reading it. And um I just think it's got a different tone, different feel, and it does. It's not this all these characters and the eighty-five characters that look like balls or weird cats. It's just kind of like focused on this one lantern and her kind of like struggle with the sector that she's on. And I think it's a great take. So let me guess: this you're specious against uh, balls and weird cats. Is that what's going on? You're like I, uh, humans, please. 
No, there's just it's the Green Lantern world is so dense, and then you got these floating little uh, head people who judge everything that's going on and have a weird court. I don't understand it, but I do <laughs> like this, and I think it's a great take. Uh, I mean, Justin, I agree. Um, yeah. I agree. I really like. Uh, I like this a lot. It is the art is super uh, different and clean uh, looking, yeah. and. It does feel like a good uh, new idea to bring to to the Green Lantern world um, because uh, Jeff Johns really crushed so much of the Green Lantern world. And I feel like uh, you the, mean in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. Like just yeah, okay. made these great stories, like uh, it added so much to the mythology of it. And it feels like it hasn't really ever gotten back on a uh, new footing from that. Uh, and Grant Morrison's doing it now. And it's just it's more about him than more, than the Green Lantern himself. Uh, or herself, so I think this is probably the the Green Lantern I've title I've liked the most, or the iteration I've liked the most since Jeff Johns. And I will say it does still feel like there is some sort of twist coming, where maybe she isn't a typical Green Lantern, Green Lantern, or there's something bigger going on there. Uh, but right now, it's a very focused mystery on a weird world with weird aliens. So if you're looking for something new and fresh, definitely check that out. Let's move on to another uh, wait, Green... Wait, I just oh, want to yeah. say, uh, Justin, don't just say what people are saying in the comment section. Like, come up with your own shit. You know, don't just steal what Ben the Border Collie said. You oh, know what I mean? I didn't even see that. It's just, I'm just saying where I lined up with my thinking. And Dean, I would would volley back to you a criticism. Pay attention to the fucking show (laughs) rather than reading the comments on the side. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry this is new and distracting to you, Pete. All right. uh, Stick to the Pornhub comments that you're supposed to be (laughs) Premium's free right now to help with coronavirus. So, you know, like, stick to that, Pete. Uh, Too far? Great. Just right. Let's creepy. Just right. Let's move on to another green comic book character, the Immortal Hulk, number 33 from Marvel Comics, written by Yal Ewing and art by Joe Bennett and Nick Batara. Oh, my God. This book is so good. So good. Uh, The Hulk has been battling a psychic entity slash children's show character who is hired by. uh, Oh, my gosh. I'm like I got his actual name. The Minotaur. uh, Businessman Minotaur. The head of Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Dagger, yes, Dario, Dario Agger, Dario Agger, Agger, yep. uh, and he uh, has been manipulating the Hulk. It finally comes to a head here, or mostly some big secrets come out, and in the process, we get these amazing Hulk mindscapes, courtesy Nick Batara, that yeah. are phenomenal, just so good. Like the regular art is amazing and creepy and disturbing as it is, but the Nick Batara's art, uh, he did that book with Jonathan Hickman. Uh, about the the Manhattan Project that was yeah. Yeah. so awesome to read, mostly for Nick Tapatara's art, almost more than anything, and it just gave me pleasant vibes of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, go ahead, uh, Pete. Uh, the 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 violence in the action in this book is unfucking believable. I mean, the fact that like the Hulk rips out of Banner that was, was like so good. On that's worth the price of a mission right there. I mean, holy shit. Are like, you paying a mission call- for these? Yeah. yeah. Well, you pay a, you know, for to the get in the room, so, the room gotcha. where it happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that like of all the years doing uh, uh, whole comics, like that's the first time we got to see that. And that was insane. Um, uh, yeah. And the, the Hulk world where Hulk just kept saying Hulk was really creative <laughs> and well done. I, Planet Hulk. This is, yeah, it's hard because I love Hulk, uh, regular Hulk, but they've taken this in such a, fucked up creative place that you know you, i gotta tip my hat to it um but yeah it, it's just it's really impressive 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything. Like it, it's one of those books that is just covering all of the bases in in the medium so well. Like it's visually interesting. Um, it, it the art style matches the different moods of sections in the book. Uh, they change up the artist, uh, and then the story has all the action Hulk fans like, like Pete, and then all this other like social commentary and uh, body horror and all these other elements laid on top that are just just make it for so, one of the richest comic book exp- reading experiences out there. And I don't, it's fu- also it's fucked up. Like I don't know what this Zenmu dude Shut is, up. and like it's a mind fuck. And I'll tell you yeah. what, I'm worried about it. What if there's a cartoon character from our childhood that isn't real and has been incepted into our heads? Like, do we mm-hmm. really Rebo? know? Do we really know if U.S. Acres was real? Oh, man. U- I trusted Acres. that pig. I trusted exactly. that pig and that chicken. That's fucked Dude, up. Dude, you, your ref was too deep. I didn't even get it. That's what I'm you're, saying. Maybe, you, you're, maybe you're, you're not part of it, Pete. That's why we've oh, been maybe. Zen mood. Man, that's crazy that you don't know what U.S. Acres is. Uh, also, there's a, a huge cliffhanger at the end that I got me so excited for what's yeah. coming up in this title. So good. Love it. Everything is great. Uh, next one to talk about Folklords, number five from Boom Studios, written by Matt Kent and illustrated by Matt Smith. In this title takes place in a fantasy world. Uh, we are following. What? The what? Two Matts. Two Matts. Oh, two mats. Uh, oh, okay. I, I missed what you were saying. You know, you could just keep reading. You don't have to completely bring the podcast to a screeching halt. Just I'm not reading. Topic. I'm just riffing. This is all coming off the top of my head, buddy. Pete, it's your day. We're going to stop the podcast if you have any comment. It's, it's yeah, Tommy exactly. Boy. If you want to say anything, reminisce about Tommy Boy or time on the set, okay. anything do like I that. Do I have like a mark on my face? Not really here or here so much, but like right here. Do I have anything? Is that a Tommy Boy reference? Yes, it is. Yes, it okay. is. Okay, all right, great. Uh, so this fun fact, the- Alex, Pete speaks 80% in Tommy Boy references. <laughs> <That's right. That's laughs> a lot right. of his reviews are just recycled Tommy Boy references. Yeah. And I just had New no guys idea in the corner puking his guts out. Oh, man. Uh so uh, what were we talking about? Folklords. Folklords takes place in a fantasy world where everybody has to go on a quest. Uh, the folklords are the legendary storytellers of that world. And after somebody says, I'm going to go find the folklords, it all gets shut down. So they go on a quest anyway to find the folklords. And this issue, it all comes down where they actually meet one of the folklords. Things do not turn out how they expect. And they find out that they're only halfway through their adventure. Um, I like this book a lot. I feel like we've read a lot of books that are stories about stories. But this feels yeah. like it's taking a new frame fresh take on it. It kind of reminds me of fables in that way, where it was like taking those characters in a different place than we'd seen before. And yeah, I think this is, uh, it's very interesting. gets very meta with stuff, but like, I think it's done in such a creative way that it, it, it really works. I agree. Uh, this feels like, um, for me, it's a little bit like books of magic where it's mm-hmm. like magical world and real world and the intermingling of those two are where sort of the consequences are for everybody. Um, yeah. but it's fun. Um, especially Matt Kent, who some of his stuff, it gets a little bit, uh, what his interest doesn't always match up with the premise that he started with. Um, and I've read a yeah. ton of his stuff. Um, but this one really like sticks to it in a nice way. Yeah. Next one to talk about from DC Comics, Legion of Superheroes, number five, script by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Ryan Sook, Scott Kogluski, and Wade Von Grawbadger. Uh, So the Legion of Superheroes have been dealing with an attack on several fronts. Superboy is in the future. They brought him there. This is the issue. This isn't exactly right, but this is the issue that I wish they had started with. This is an issue number one. This should be issue number one. 
Yeah, right? Because, like, they finally set up the premise. They finally set up how the Legion of Superheroes got together. And we've talked about this a lot with this book. I understand why they walk through it this way, but it felt like it was throwing you in the deep end for four solid months. And now I feel like, okay, I have a handle on what this team is, what their mission is, and what's going on here. I would throw this out, though. I don't think much happened in the first four issues. What happened? They fought over Aquaman's trident, but they say it in this issue when it's fine. We know what that is. Yeah. We know it's cool. What do you think about it, Pete? How are you feeling about this book? Well, I think that uh, I agree with what you're saying, but also this book is hard for me to read because there's so many bubbles, so many people talking at once, and there's a lot of characters. So, like, I get it, but it's – I have to build up to this comic because it is, it's a tough read. It's, it's almost too much going on. Like, I kind of get overload a little bit. Um, uh, so it's a little, it's a little hard for me to kind of read as a comic. I kind of get pulled out of it with all the different uh, people talking at once. Well, I think that's the idea, right? Like, I think, I, I don't know what the actual pitch is, but it does feel like Brian Michael Bendis is like, there are too many members of the Legion, which is correct. So what if we just throw them all in there? What would that be like? Everybody talking at once, everybody moving at once. They're all their own planets, their own ideas, their own MOs. What would that organization be like and how would that be different than any other team? And I think that is a smart, interesting idea that he executes well on. But to your point, Pete, it's not exactly uh, fluid to read as you're going. It's not reader friendly for sure. If Bendis wanted to have a bunch of people all talking at once, he should start a podcast. Oh, wow. (laughs) Self-slab. Man. Yeah, that's uh, what as, quarantine's all about. <laughs> as Composer does point out, uh, we got to see half of a trading video in four issues. Uh, so yeah, that's true. That all said, the art is good, the writing is good. So it's like yeah, I, I still don't like wanna... it, but it, exactly. but I agree. Like it was giving me stress. It made me feel like I had to watch the training video. I felt like oh shit, I got to watch this training video. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm like why I don't feel, I'm not don't need to be stressed about these characters paying attention. I'm just I'm enjoying. I'm supposed to be enjoying this. Why why yeah. am I caught up? When they finally go back and show the history, and it's just Brainiac 5 talking to them about the threat that they're facing. Yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah. All right, next one to talk about. I'm sure we'll have all be in agreement about this one from Marvel Comics X-Men number nine, written by Jonathan Hickman and art by Laniel Francis Yu. Here we fucking go. Uh, you mean let's here see we go? If we can break this down into here people who appreciate it because of the comic book and one guy who hates it because of the philosophy. Uh, so I thought this was great. This is the X Men. They're fighting the Brood. They've got it to space because they got a king egg uh, from the Brood that the entire Brood population is following. They fled Earth and are coming on a collision course uh, with the Shi'ar and the Kree and the everybody in space, as well as this Brood army that's crawling out of space well eyes. Uh, and this is just great. Like this to me felt like very clearly Jonathan Hickman picking up at his Avengers run where he dealt a lot more into the space side of things, picking up some of those threads, picking up the Cree, futzing with everybody's, uh, evolution, retconning the origin of the brood here. Yeah. Uh, but in a way that's not over the top, I think, and works for the story and ends in a cliffhanger that was so ridiculous and fun. I laughed out loud. Pete, how, what's not to like about this? Don't you love science-based uh, uh, well, rewriting could... of intergalactic species history? <laughs> That's what the X-Men are all about, and they've always been about that. Yeah. That was Professor X. He was like, come to me, my science-based DNA rewriters. <laughs> uh, Pete, I, what did you think Hickman, about this book? You're doing too much. 
You're doing too fucking much. There's enough problems no. with islands humping each other and fucking ghost people haunting the seas. Like, Not- what the <laughs> fuck are you adding the space stuff for? Like, ghost give people us haunting the seas. something we can get behind and then fucking tell a story. Not like 80 different fucking things where you're like, what? I, I love the ending. Brew was unbelievable, as someone pointed out in, in the uh, the chat. Uh, but I, I I just wish I could enjoy this book and not have the stress of all the other bullshit. Let, let it go, say, man. Th- History's happening. Well, this was also this was picking up on a new mutant storyline that Jonathan Hickman wrote over the course of. I guess three, four issues. I don't remember exactly how long it ran. Probably four, because there's a break in the middle where they jumped into the super depressing um, stuff. Oh on my god! Earth. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was rough. Uh, but yeah, they had this fun new mutants. So it was actually set up over there, not specifically in X Men. But I get what you're saying. There's a lot going on. There's uh, a lot but, going on. And then other fun. things. There's a thing with shit. what's his name, Kid Guardian. Uh, I guess. Yeah, that was Guardi- cool. That was Guardian's cool. son, where he's like, kick his ass, dad. Fun and to see funny. that character again. Roberto Acosta's being like a douche in a great way. Pete, you must love that. I don't know. Why do I? Why sure. am I trying to sell this to you, Pete? You know what? Yeah. I gave you permission. Stop reading it unless we say you have to read it, which is what we do every <laughs> month. So you yeah, have exactly. my permission to not, unless we say you have to. You know what? I'll tell you what, Pete, because you're not Wait, a fan of X-Men, I'm going to put all comics on hold for a month so you can just kind of chill out yeah. and then get back into it maybe in like May or something. You you wish you had that kind of power, <laughs> but the, that's a dick, dick move to do for everybody. Also, Justin, before you start slurring too much, what are you drinking there? What, what are you oh, downing? Nice. Thank you. This is a um, Mezcal Negroni. <laughs> you I thought we a left- fancy, fancy man. <laughs> I thought we did uh, What Are We Drinking Time after the stack, but before audience questions. Was that wrong? Oh, Alex has it scheduled and Pete's messing up the schedule. I did forget (laughs) to add it to the agenda. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Lucy Claire Redemption, number four from Image Comics, written, illustrated, and lettered by John Upchurch. This is one we kind of stumbled on, I think, with the first issue. It's about, I guess, I assume it's a sequel to the Lucy Claire series, which we never read. Uh, But this one finds her uh, reeling uh, as after a big fight with some werewolves, she is repairing herself. Um, She is a werewolf hunter. Uh, Here we get a healer, a new old fun healer, which we like, which I'm sure, Pete, you loved. You love characters like that. You love an old healer. Yeah. Weird thing we know about you. The storytelling in this is always reliably good. The action is good. The creatures are good. But the art is great. Just like really crisp designs, really fleshed out characters. It almost feels like claymation in a way, the way that they're shaded. Uh, It's very cool. And you love claymation, right? You're a big California Raisins guy. (laughs) From way back in the day. (laughs) You heard it to the grapevine. Yeah. Yeah. California wow. raisins, Gumby, Just literally anything. Wallace and Gromit, you're crazy oh, for that. Yeah. Shit. I haven't watched yeah. that yet, but I'm very excited to check it out. Oh, it's super fresh. You got to get into it, man. It's cutting up yeah. the charts. <laughs> sounds super, like something I'd like a. What? Oh, boy. It sounds like something I'd like a. I don't know what that is. No, we heard you. Like <laughs> we just don't know what you've the, the production company that makes a lot of claymation features. Oh, wow. Okay. Man. Industry wow. industry rep. Pretty tight. <laughs> That's a little goss yeah. for you guys. Let me just. What do you Google think? Of, talk about this issue of Lucy Claire Redemption. What did you think about uh, that? Yes. Um, 
Well, first off, yeah, yeah I'm, I, I love the healer lady. She's fantastic. Complete badass, which I love. But also, there is just like a lot of different moments in this books that uh, they do a great job with the paneling as far as like when you she woke up and there was that girl like laying there looking right at her with such a fun page. Also, fun reveal at the end there. Um, so, yeah, I think I agree with everything you're saying, Alex. You know, there's, there's some great storytelling. Uh, very interesting characters. The the kind of the way we're learning with uh, everybody else in the comic, like what's going on with the with the werewolf hunter. So yeah, it's it's really great read, and uh, so far every issue we've read has been really solid. Yeah, I like this a lot too. It's fun. Um, All right. I think Pete Pete covered it pretty well. Werewolves don't trust them. There you go. Can't trust. Next them. Next one from Marvel Comics, star number three, written by Kelly Thompson and art by Javier Pina and Felipe Andrade. Uh, This is following the rise of maybe a new hero, maybe a new villain in the Marvel Universe. She is an antagonist of Captain Marvel. She has been infected isn't the right word, but embedded uh, the reality gem. The reality stone has been embedded with her. She can't quite figure it out yet, but she's slowly learning to use her reality bending powers. This issue, she tangles with Wanda Maximoff herself, as well as Jessica Jones and a little bit with Captain Marvel towards the end, as well as the Black Order of all people. Um, I, I like this title. I like how this is structured, and I'm really interested to see where this character is going. Yeah, I agree. It's really, it's feels very different from other books like you really feel for um the main character ripley who she doesn't know what's happening to her and she gives in to impulses both to be a hero but also to be like oh i'm sick of being hassled by all these people telling me what to do and so she's like oh i'm gonna fight carol danvers like it's it's good stuff yeah i really uh i liked scarlet witch in this because you know uh captain marvel was just uh, punching her and just being like you know and uh, I like how Scarlet Witch was trying to connect with her first, which is great. And, uh, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting kind of take on an old trope, but I do appreciate uh, the art and the storytelling in a way that's uh, really moving this forward in a, in a great pace. I think this is a solid book. In the comment section, um, Bilal, said, Bilal Alayan says, um, it reminds, um, reminds him of The Hood, which I agree completely. Um, the Hood, the book... Uh, Probably Brian K. Vaughn from like, I want to say 10 yeah. years ago, um, which had the same thing where as a villain, but also he was sort of doing stuff. You were on his side a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Great book. Definitely pick it up. Moving over to a DC comic book, Justice League Dark, number 21, story by Ram V yeah. or Ram 5 and Jason Tynan 4. That's a pretty rude to be like, I'm one more than you, James Tynan, but you yeah, know what, whatever. Uh, script by Ram 5 or Ram V. Pencils by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Uh, this is kicking off, well, I guess last issue kicked off a new arc uh, for Justice League Dark. They are now dealing with the rot. They're in Swamp Thing's world, dealing yep. with uh, Abigail Arcane, and as it turns out, spoiler, at the end of the issue, Anton Arcane, though I think you could kind of see that coming. Um, but it leans into what is so good about this book, which is absolute actual horror in a superhero context. Yeah. I mean, I love this team. You know, uh, you're kind of dealing with the magic team. You got Constantine, you know, you got Wonder Woman. And, and I just think it's a, it's fun to kind of tell this kind of creepy story with this group. Um, and, uh, I just, uh, I think the art's great and it's uh, creepy and that kind of like heart weird, 
floating heart thing and with the with the whole like key but you put it around before you turn it i thought it was really creative and fun and i think it's kind of a nice kind of break from the kind of justice league kind of comic that you get so i think it's great i thought for sure Pete, you were going to bring up the bohemian rhapsody ref um that zatanna does in this book Oh, yeah. That fell yeah. right over your plate. Uh, I love the way the art sort of steps up more uh, here in issues past. Like, a lot of, like, different style sequences remind me of, mm-hmm. like, uh, the Batwoman title from back in the yeah. day, uh, where it's, like, yeah. different ways of just showing the panels. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, is there a romance between Zatanna and Constantine? Is I mean, I happen? think always, right? Like, that's that felt like it was getting forth. to a place. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll she'll say, uh, like, U-I-I-V-O-I. Oh, to, God. You know, what I'm you know what I'm talking I about? That. I love you. I, I, know, I know. I know what you're talking about. Just the backwards talk drives me nuts. I will say that Bohemian Rhapsody bit was the first time that I was like, I am enjoying this backwards talk. This is That's fun. how magic works, oh. Alex. It's not her fault. Okay. Sorry, Zatanna. Next, we're going to talk about... You know what? I think we can skip over this. Uh, we were going to talk about Punisher Soviet number 6 from Marvel Comics, <laughs> written by Garth Ennis and pencils by Jason Burroughs, but I don't think there's a reason to talk about it. Oh, right? I, fucking no fan, no fans here. Punch your screen, man. I'm punching your screen. You feel that? <laughs> That's, he does feel Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, try that it again. Is, I think we can do this. This will this be a good, good acting. Uh. That's good You're stuff. going the wrong way on my oh, screen. Am I? Okay, wait. Try yeah. one more time. Try one more time. Just punch... Yeah, yeah. There you go. I really hope if you're listening stuff, on the audio yeah. podcast, you like that fun physical bit for the cameras. <laughs> real three Sorry. Stooges, real three Stooges energy over here. And the let's uh, talk about this. The Punisher has lost his friend. His Russian friend was killed the last issue, and he is dealing with the aftermath the only way he knows how by forcing a man to skin another man alive. Jesus Christ! This was so over the top gruesome, even for a Punisher Max book. Come on, uh, it, it was hard back. to read. It's like Garth you, Ennis. you talk about all the time, being like, Ugh, "There was somebody a little scantily dressed. I can't read this on the subway." This, I was sitting in my own home, being like, "I hope nobody sees me." This is this is terrible. <laughs> ah, wow, no, you can show that off to people. They'll, I mean, I showed it off to my five year old, and he was like, "That's not how you yeah. skin a man." Yeah. But as we've you used the wrong knife for that, as yeah. we've uh, already proven over the these weeks, um, uh, Milo's up to some shit. He's got shit going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah he, he, things are getting real dark up the wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk about this book, Pete. This is the last issue oh. of Garth Ennis's current run. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I also really liked the little back matter in the uh, the back where they got to kind of talk about uh, Garth Ennis and his writing and how there's more coming. So that's very excited. Hopefully, more coming. But. Um, yeah, this is great. This is the the fact that, uh, you know, you got to see a softer side of Punisher in this issue. You know, he goes to the bar, has a drink for his friend. Like, this was some touching stuff. But also, like, I I loved the – he gave him a real burial, even though, you know, you know he shot some people. And we also got a flashback to the so cliff fucked up, so stuff. horrifying. Um, he really makes those poor guys – I mean, were they even bad guys? I, yes, I don't know. they were. They, yes, they were. They seemed not the worst guys. They didn't seem like the worst they were, guys. No, no. They were the ones like being a real douche to everybody in their camp, being like, we got to go get them, you know, like treating people really mean. And like they're three like kingpins, uh, like sons of kingpins that are like looking to take over the business and shit. So, 
Yeah, they got they got what they deserve. It's crazy to me that you're like, there's too much going on in X Men, and I read literally any Garth Ennis Punisher book, and I'm like, I don't know, he's he's killing some guys and scaring them. I don't know who it's all in the same arc. You asshole, isn't three? But what I'm saying is like you. You get lost in X-Men books, which doesn't happen to me. I get lost in Punisher books, which doesn't happen to you. You're like, well, that was the criminal from the first issue who stepped on the Punisher's foot. And we haven't seen him for six (laughs) issues. And that's why (laughs) he had to have his head turned upside down. His name is the Hot Stepper, Alex. And he deserved to have his (laughs) spine shoved into his asshole or whatever the Punisher is going to do to him. Honestly, the Punisher has the best lights. Come on, that was, I mean, that walk away being like, yeah, tell him the Punisher made it, made you do it. See how that works for you. I mean, come on, that's great. That's a great what I love about Punisher, Punisher villains. What I love about Punisher villains is like, you think about who are his big bad guys. There's Barracuda, and his, his thing is he's large and he hates the Punisher. There's right. Jigsaw, who has a messed off face and hates the Punisher. Uh, right. there's bullseye maybe though. That's kind of like a daredevil Kingpin, villain. Kingpin yeah, yeah. also a daredevil yeah. villain. Uh, but most of these guys are like, uh, I, my main characteristic is I hate the Punisher and I kill people. In the end. I mean, all of his Punisher's villains are like regular people who commit crimes or like senators who go too far and commit crimes. Yeah, exactly. And so so senators. Like, most people yeah. need to pay, man. Yeah. And well, don't worry. I've seen enough um, in this issue to feel like I've watched them pay a little bit. I thought it was weird at the end when the Punisher's like, I haven't had a drink in 18 years or whatever. And he I, has a I, little... I, I almost lost it because he said the year I was born. He said 1976. Well, do you think that was on purpose? I don't do you think, think so, he, he... but it was cool. I saw Maybe he's your script. father. Maybe he hasn't <laughs> oh had a drink. God. Maybe he hasn't had a drink and since he had you. Since he, that would be amazing. Yeah, Pete Next Castle issue, in the uh, Barracuda book. Uh, you're gonna come in and you're gonna be like, Dad. Dad, teach me the ways, Mister Castle. Uh, all right. Let's Why didn't you invite me to the picnic, Dad? <laughs> I oh. wanted to die at the picnic for you, Father. Image Comics Heart Attack number five, written and created by Sean Kittleston, art and created by Eric Zawadzki. This takes place not exactly in a mutant world, but it's a world where people kind of have mutant powers. Um, They are illegal. A bunch of folks have come together at a club. They are being sponsored by a guy who wants to change legislation. And this issue, there's a lot of machinations going on where people yes. are figuring out what side they're on. It's felt uh, like a very we, middle middle issue. Yes, I, I agree. I think we liked the first issue quite a bit. This did feel like an issue that was on its way to something else. Also, it was tough because this felt very much like the uh, other book where it was like the two people touch and then the repulsed, uh, like repulsed back and they figured out if they are near each it other, they like get powers. That. It it was the exact same setup. They were at this bar, and the dude was creepy. They walked downstairs and like touched and hung out. So like I I I think it's a I really like the first issue. I think it's very interesting. But like um, I I feel like it seems like the same book because you just described the same book. Yeah. No. 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 He's talking about that other one with the um the couple and oh the Mags Visaggio book exactly yeah 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 oh okay Uh, thank you Justin Uh, very similar concepts though so yes you but I will say and I think Pete you the the romantic comedy uh, or the the romance of this book I think is what sets it apart a little bit and has it feeling yeah uh, that's what I like about it so I think you like that as our resident rom com um, Mm -hmm. expert Mm -hmm. yeah there you go. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for more. I don't want to just have one issue just because it was similar to a, you know what I mean. Like that's got to yeah. happen sometimes. Pete, I real like quick, the- real quick, as a huge Punisher fan and a huge rom com fan, what if there was a Punisher rom com? Like, what would you, how would that, you like that? that? No, no, that would, you can't do that. You want to keep your that. peanut butter and chocolate separate. That's right. Yeah. When Punisher met guns, what about that? Oh, <laughs> think about that. What a meat can, meat cute. Can can oh, men and man. guns be friends? Ooh, Let's find out. Good. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, anyway, this is good. I, I will mention I like the art quite a bit in this book, and I think the coloring in particular is very nice. I didn't know yeah. Down who did that, um, but I think it's a good package. And particularly if you're looking for something a little off the beaten path, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, two more books, and then we're going to get your questions. So please do, if you're on Crowdcast, get them in. If you're on YouTube, just drop them in the comments. I'm keeping one eye on those, and we'll get to those in a moment. Uh, but Action Comics number 1021 from DC Comics, written by Brian Michael Bendis, pencils by John Romita Jr. Uh, this is following up on the arc where Lex Luthor thinks he has finally come up with a plan to kill Superman. He's going to use Red Cloud, who has been powdered up. He's going to work with Leviathan to take down not just him, but the Justice League by having an enormous fight in the middle of Metropolis. Guess what? Spoiler, it does not work. Uh, they do not actually kill Superman. Very surprising, but that's how what? it turns out. I know. Uh, the other thing that's surprising, which we did talk about on the stack, uh, John Romita Jr., amazing artist. Yes. Absolutely fantastic amazing. artist. Uh, does incredible work here with Klaus Jadson on inks in this book. Still doesn't know what a gorilla looks like. Oh, I wasn't going to bring it up. You weren't going to bring it up? I wasn't going to bring it up. It bothered me when I got to that page. Same thing. I was like, okay, there's much less Gorilla Grot here, but it looks like a big Furby or something. I don't know what's going on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that a little more horrifying? I mean, I guess Furby Grot? Yeah. Uh, Well, that all said... I thought this was a good issue. Uh, it does actually put Superman in danger, which is a really hard thing to do. And I even like the stuff that they're doing with Leviathan here. I feel like since we've gotten past event Leviathan, it's been very interesting to see what they've done with this character. Well, I don't know. Yeah. My take on this book felt like trying to cram in all this current DC continuity into the same title where it was like, wait, what? And it feels like Leviathan is like, the guy, like your friend who has a friend that they're like, hey, you got to hang out with Joe. He's so fun. But like, is Joe fun? Like, is Leviathan fun? Like, why are we keep having to hang out with Leviathan? You feel like they're pooching him a little bit? Exactly. It's oppressed. <laughs> yeah. And it's Bendis' baby. So it's like, it feels like, what did Leviathan really have to do here except for be a bigger bad than Lex Luthor in this situation? Mm-hmm. He did have a very large ship that he put over Metropolis, which was pretty cool. It was very low. It was very close to the ground. It was, and like that's a hard. As it from, a, from a piloting standpoint, that was very yes. cool. Yeah, I he did. Is top I gun. did want to say, uh, you know, we we were talking about the gorilla a little bit, but like the the panel where like Superman's like flying, and uh, then like the red kind of like wraps itself around him and pulls him back was really kind of cool and very powerful to see. I, I really enjoyed that. Justin, what did you think about uh, Connor Kent being back in the classic? Uh, buzz cut on the side. He's got the little bit of a fade going on. He's got the cool jacket. You love well, shit like that. I do. I, I loved <laughs> classic Superboy. Impulse was here, and it felt like they're from a different world or something. Like, why? Uh, What's up? I think that's just happening in Teen Titans. I don't know, or Young Justice, or something like that. 
Probably I, Justice. I like those characters a lot, so I was happy to see them there. And I was like, oh, that's the interesting stuff. Like, old school Superboy is great. Tactile telekinesis, great power. Love it. I love it. I love how he says that all the time. It does. Well, you we're... wanted people to know what's up. It's like if the punter, the punter is always like, I shoot guns, I shoot bullets at people and kill them in, them in my way. Yeah. Or if Psylocke came up and you're like, I know that's your psychic knife, but is it the sum totality of your psychic powers or exactly. what's going on there? Exactly. What's happening? Last one we're going to talk about from Marvel Comics, Wolverine number two, written by Benjamin Percy and art by Adam Kubert. Uh, This is, uh, so there's a new drug called pollen that is being made out of pieces of Krakoa, is being sold as a psychedelic all over the world. Wolverine has become embroiled in it. Bishop has gone after him. Things have gone horribly wrong, and he killed most of the X-Men he was with. Granted, they're being brought back. Uh, But this issue, he teams up with a rowdy police detective with a chip on his shoulder <laughs> yeah who i like that guy it was uh yeah. sort of sad i like that this book is good though it feels like a 70s film version of wolverine like who doesn't know what's happening uh and is trying to figure it out Pete, uh, you're shaking your head here yeah I, I all i want to do is love this book but uh hickman's kind of ruined that for me with all the fucking nonsense going on i can't even enjoy a wolverine book because there's so much crazy shit happening i don't know what's this, going on this is no crazier than any other wolverine book that's wolverine, not true what are you talking about wolverine like was a went under a different name in madripoor that he was just like oh now he does this and it's like now he goes to japan now He's i'm a patch nobody knows yeah. who i am <laughs> No, because there is there's this thing of like, oh, yeah, uh, I went crazy, killed a bunch of people, but it's okay because we can just pot them and then have them reborn. But maybe they won't remember shit, but maybe they will. Also, there's this ghost and then there's a fucking and then there's like underwater cable. I don't understand. There's it's just underwater cable. What are you talking about? Talking about uh, there's a bunch of underwater bullshit going on in this. Yeah, but that wasn't cable. That was Kitty Pride under the water because she's supposed to be sure. dead. So it was like pirate ghost Kitty Pride, which cool, cool, I hate cool. the yeah, idea that Kitty Pride might be dead, but I like that quite a bit. Uh, I also liked quite a bit the bit where uh, Wolverine goes up to Cyclops and he's like, listen, I'm sorry I killed Gene. You yeah. know, I didn't mean to do it right. And Cyclops doesn't say anything, walks away because no. to the point of what you're talking about, like we've discussed a lot that there are problems with the cost of killing everybody off and bringing them back constantly. I yeah. like that. There's still an emotional weight there that Cyclops is still upset in the middle of everything. Well, uh, and what I, that's going on. what I thought about that was um, if I were Cyclops, I'd be like, God, what if the, it stops working? What if the whole yeah. regeneration thing stops working? Everyone's like, just has now accepted this technology is happening. And if it just doesn't happen suddenly, then it's like if the internet stopped for us right now, we'd lose our fucking minds. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't I definitely put stuff like that mind. out there. But I just feel that like, yeah, okay, so the X-Men are dealing drugs now, so like there's this pollen they're issue. They're not and then dealing like, drugs. They're trying yeah, to they stop are. the drug drugs trade. to all right, whatever. They're dealing, they're giving whatever people drugs. There's to a leave difference them between dealing an drugs and trying to stop people from dealing drugs. Or did they, as part of the deal, but not in this city, give, according to Pete LePage? What's the difference between the cops and the drug dealers? You ask me nothing. You done? Mm. Can I talk? Gritty. Just a so, body bag and a bullet. <laughs> Space cops. Is it true that the, uh, you know, X Men. Uh, Island get, to buy their freedom gave the uh, everybody else a bunch of drugs. Is that true or not? 
Yeah, but like Tylenol pharmaceuticals. So shut the fuck up then. It is true. They are drug dealers, motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. Wow. We're getting into some hot takes about the pharmaceutical industry from Pete LePage. Oh, my God. Uh, Well, that is it. Everybody (laughs) hooks on this pollen shit, and then you're like, oh, they're not drug dealers. Listen, uh, I just want to, before we move on here, Aaron in the comments says, Alex is a cop. I just want to mention, if any of you kids want to buy drugs, just let me know. I'm happy to sell them to you. You just got to say the word, all right? Yeah. And Come on. He, is... he ingratiated himself with that Tommy Boy <laughs> reference. He's clearly one of us, one of us young people. Let's just get some drugs from him. Yeah. Drugged up guy in a tidy jacket, right, Pete? Pete loves this. Now he's That mad. is it for the stack. We are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up and drop it like it's hot. You ask a question. It is your audience questions. We got a couple of them over on YouTube. I am going to go to Crowdcast first, but we're going to try to go back and forth here. Yes. Oh, boy. I think I know what we are going to start with here, but I'm going to click into it anyway. This is from Kevin. The Kevin. star is my destination. What are your favorite legacy characters or other cases where the legacy was better than the original? Now, Great. Star is my destination. That is the Starman quiz, right? That unlocks the, the Starman quiz. So, uh, Kevin, getting back into it. Um, week two. Uh, Kevin, are you ready? I think we're going to invite you into the stream. Yeah, I'm going to try to set that up here. Find Kevin's name. Kevin, if you are ready to come in, if you don't want to come in for any reason, just let us know. In if the you're comments doing something weird, Kevin. Yeah, otherwise, we're yeah, doing something on, weird. Put on at least a shirt. You don't necessarily have to put yeah. on pants. Put on at uh, least. But, take off your second tie, leaving you with only <laughs> one tie before you come into our stream. He says he doesn't have a tie on today. Oh yeah. Oh man, no tie. Hey, there he is. Hey, Kevin, what's going Great. on? Hey. I am Look doing my uh, Doctor Who cosplay. Nice. Oh, nice. Oh, excellent. Nice. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on. As in case you didn't listen to the last podcast, in case you weren't here last week, we do have a secret Starman quiz that's going on, courtesy Mr. Justin Tyler. So at mm. this point, Kevin has unlocked it with a key phrase. He tried one question last week, failed at the first question. I think he knows what the answer is, but Justin, take it away from here. Yes. Um, so uh, Starman, uh, one of my favorite characters um, from DC Comics, um, not currently, hasn't been running for a while, but this is the classic like 82 issue run from back in the day. Um, and the first question, uh, well, I, just to establish the rules, you can always get a second guess uh, or a clue by slagging off the Punisher oh, or guess. Cypher to <laughs> Pete and Alex. And you can't use the same slag off twice. You got to get creative okay. with your insults. Um, and you have Fair. to look P and Alex in their beady little eyes when you say it. Uh, question number one, the Jack Knight Starman debuted during which DC event? Zero hour. Zero hour is correct. Yes. Uh, very good. Uh, the f- actual first issue of the Starman book was issue zero. So put that, that's sort of a ding on Pete right there. <laughs> um, question number two. That's the one where David was killed, wasn't it? Yes, you are correct. Good. Because you got to brush up, because I will say, as we reread these questions, they're pretty difficult at certain points. Uh, can um, I also mention, I like the fact that Kevin, Kevin came prepared with a more professional microphone this week. I like that yes. quite a bit. Yeah, I would argue more professional than maybe even ours. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> Definitely a better lighting setup than my loosely hung Christmas lights. <laughs> um, so, question number two. Uh, where would you find the gateway to heaven? 
in Starman <laughs> Comics. Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, yeah, in Starman <laughs> Comics. Where? Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious. Asking people that. I'm just going to walk up to people and ask them that. What's the one true religion? Real quick. This is you know, Doug Luck, I think, was the only decent pairing that Cypher was ever in. Yeah, that's a takedown. He gets a, oh, he, he gets a, no, but I agree with that. How is that a... Uh, hey, you tried to rib him? It's a good ribbing. Uh, no, it's not. Doug Luck was a great pairing. It's fine. You can take it away. But I, I think Warlock and Doug, they're perfect together. I love them. Go ahead. That's cute. Alex turned it into a compliment. Um <laughs> The uh, okay, great. Um, the clue for this one is it is a uh, a the the it's what um, comic book guy on The Simpsons is often wearing. Ooh, whoa! So the gateway to heaven in Starman uh, comics. No, oh, okay, I think I know the answer to this one. Yeah, Kevin, any idea? I'm going to take a guess. Mm-hmm. You can do this. <laughs> go, Kevin, go. Should we give a countdown timer? Oh, well, he can answer when he wants. Yeah. I don't know. I got to go to bed at some point. No. What? <laughs> where is Brooklyn? Uh, that is not correct. Where are you uh, asking? Where, I don't know where why I phrased that in the form of a question. <laughs> that was an odd framing, but um, yeah. Uh, but no, I'm sorry. That is not correct. Um, All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Kevin. Uh, you can try again next week if you like. Great try. Definitely look up the answer to that one. Uh, but thank you for coming on. You are awesome. Nice to see you, Kev. Nice to see you. All right. You were right. Those questions are hard, Justin. But yeah. they are. Uh, uh, I mean, that's you reading the comic. You got to know the comic. Mm-hmm. All Yours right. were in a different language, and Pete's were also very I, difficult. <laughs> yeah, mine were tough. Yeah, that is true. Uh, now, Kevin also did have a question. Uh, what are your favorite legacy characters or other cases where the legacy was better than the original? What do you think? Ooh. Any ideas about that one? What does that mean? Legacy characters like... Uh, like how there when are Nightwing multiple... took over Batman, yeah. or there are multiple example. Green Lanterns. What'd you say? You guys were both talking at once. Oh wow! Now we're not. Now neither of us are talking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When? <laughs> Go ahead, Justin. Like um, the Flash is a legacy character because there are different iterations of the Flash. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So we're saying the original was overtaken by a better version uh, in a in the legacy. I mean, I okay, think that's a good example. I like uh, I like Wally West better than Barry Allen, personally. I think part of that is because those were the stories that I read that really got me into The Flash, the Jeff Johns run on it. Uh, and then when eventually Barry Allen came back, I was like, oh, man, I like Wally better. Yeah. Um, but I think that's one example. I also yeah. think, like, Bucky was maybe a better Captain America? Ooh, wow. Maybe? Yeah. Hot I take. Know. I mean, those stories were definitely good really good interesting but i've sort of credited that to ed brubaker i uh sure. someone uh ben the border collie said jane foster or thor which i agree with but also for me uh damien is uh my favorite robin so really your damien's yeah. your favorite robin yeah i thought you didn't like damien 
Well, I didn't for a while, but then when he kind of became good, uh, I feel like Batman won him over. I felt like that was a better arc as far as the Robins were concerned. Uh, what about you, Justin? Do you have a favorite legacy character? I'm going to throw it to Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, as um, mm. I prefer him to Hal Jordan as the Green Lantern. Wow. Excellent. Good answer. Uh, let's go into the next one. This is from First Hand Up Guy, Sean R. What's everyone drink of choice during Comic Book Club besides Mountain Dew Code Red Extreme Triple XL? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we kind of covered Justin, your drink. I'll just say uh, I'm drinking some nice tea this evening. That's Whoa. it in my comic oh. book club mug. Are you all Nothing right? Nothing too exciting. Are you uh, right? Yeah, I'm fine. I, uh, I have a, I've had a little scratch for a while, so oh, it's fine. You, it's all don't good. Don't you fucking die in that cell. <laughs> if I do, it'll be in the middle of a podcast, so don't worry. Uh, Pete, <laughs> what about you? What are you drinking? What gross, gross stuff are you putting in your body? Yeah, just, you know, I'm just a mountain doing it up. You know what I mean? Love me some do. We know exactly what you mean. <laughs> no one won't know what you mean when you say that. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we got one here from Edward Darty. Question, I'm a teacher who is working from home at this very moment. I told a class full of year 10 kids to continue with their assignments while I do something important. So I guess my question is, who is the worst teacher in comics? Uh, Edward, <laughs> that's, amazing. that's amazing. I think you should let uh, your students watch our show because... Probably learn a thing or two here. Useful information. I don't right. know. That's true. Worst teacher in comics. Any thoughts? That's a good one. Um, well, I got to say, uh, um, the people in the red room who are instructing Black Widow weren't great. <laughs> Not great. I mean, they did a good job. They did a job with well. the ballet stuff. Sure. Maybe not the rest of it. Raising a or teaching a whole a whole look at education is a, a holistic look is not great from the yeah. red room. Uh, Kurt Connors is pretty bad. He's constantly turning into a lizard monster and killing people and eating his own son. That's not sure. a great teacher. Yeah, yeah. Not a good look. Yeah, yeah. Pete, you got one. Bad teachers. Uh, um, Cameron Diaz, maybe. I was going to say uh, Cyclops, you know, uh, when Wolverine and Cyclops split up and then like Wolf, uh, Cyclops was kind of running his old school and Wolverine was running his old school. Wolverine was a great teacher, but Cyclops blows. So that's what I would say. Mm. Nice. And you would say great Wolverine's answer. a great teacher? Great teacher. One great teacher. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> move over to YouTube for a second. Uh, we have a question here from jpeeler999. What's the best comic reading platform to use right now? We've definitely been discussing this in the past couple of shows because uh, you can't get to the comic book shop. And certainly comic books, as we not hinted or intimated, but as most of you probably know, are pretty much stopped, at least in the United States, uh, starting with tomorrow, with Wednesday, when we're taping this, because Diamond has shut down. They're not going to be delivering comics anymore. And in order to support the comic book retailers, most of the major publishers have decided to not release content during this time, either digitally or otherwise. There's a couple of exceptions. Archie Comics, for example, already had stuff that was at comic book shops, so they're going to be selling those two titles digitally as well. DC has a couple of digital titles that were going to go be going out digitally anyway, so they're still putting them out. Uh, and I, I'm forgetting exactly the, which publishers. I think it's Dark Horse and maybe IDW are going to be uh, be releasing art books. And that's it, which I didn't quite understand, or OGN's larger books. 
So uh, regardless, to get back to the question, um, digital platforms, again, we've covered it before on the show, but is there any you found yourselves using in the past couple of weeks? Comixology. Yeah. Yeah, Comixology. But I got to say the the interface um, where you like you can't really buy the comics on your iPad is annoying. Yeah. I find that annoying. to be I, I just can't believe that's the way it works. Yeah. It's also a little hard the way the things are organized on there. Yes. Like they don't have an easy to find new release list, even on a regular week. Um, and clicking through and finding things like we just to give a little tease for our stack this week, since there's not a lot of comic books, we're doing a couple of new titles that are coming out. This will go up Wednesday at 9 a.m. And then we were planning on doing a couple of legacy books, just older books that we really liked. And Pete sent an email being like, hey, here's the title I want to choose. Just this one comic, except for some reason it linked to the entire collection, which was 20 bucks instead of two bucks. So uh, some weirdness there. It's still... In terms of number of books yeah. and in terms of any book that you want to get from almost any publisher, it's your best choice. Um, but I've used DC Universe a bit, and it's actually not bad. Yeah, that's the I, I'm I'm always been a, a paper guy, so I've never really bought comics digitally until like literally this week um, on a regular basis. So I'm going to have to experiment and see what's up. Yeah. Hey, let us know how that goes, man. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, but definitely, I think they're going to see a huge uptick over the next couple of weeks. This is from Ben, the Border Collie. Who's your favorite character on Doom Patrol TV show? And why is it Daddy the Street? Um, that's almost the correct thing. I would actually say Negative Man, uh, Matt Bomer's character. Um, uh, his arc is so good on that show and so powerful that it does intertwine with what's going on at Daddy the Street. If you've never watched Dude Patrol, definitely, definitely check it out. That's a great binge to do right now. Yeah. Uh, Pete, I know you watch the show. Who's yeah, your favorite I, character? I, there's a lot of great characters on that show. Um, it's kind of hard to pick just one. Uh, I, I really like the the cockroach uh, guy and the... Uh, but even, like, the main characters were very enjoyable, like... Uh, fucking Brandon Fraser, you know, killed it uh, uh, as that character. And also the kind of multiple uh, lady who had all the different personalities was really great. Uh, I, I just was uh, really impressed with a lot of creativity in that show. You can't go wrong with it. I guess I'll go with Dr. Doom, who I'm assuming is in charge of, is in charge of Doom Patrol. Yes, of course. And uh, Mrs. Patrol, his wife. Yeah, yeah. Dr. and Mrs. Uh, Patrol. (laughs) Another question from over on YouTube, Aris910 says, have you had any interactions with comic creators that were unusual? Um, I think it's fair to say we've had a couple of (laughs) unusual comic creator interactions. Any we feel comfortable talking about? I know we've told a lot of these stories on the show before. Uh, I mean, there's the... uh, I wouldn't talk about ones that where they made it uncomfortable, sure. but there are plenty we could talk about where we were the ones that made it uncomfortable. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. I could uh, talk about my colleague Coover small favors thing. Yes, uh, sure. Sure. So uh, this was the last day of San Diego. We had done, I don't even know how many interviews and hadn't slept for days at that point. I will say I'll chime uh, in whenever I have a comment on this particular story because I was there <laughs> the entire yes. time. And I felt 
completely cracked out, like to the point where I could not string phrases together, was wandering around, felt like I was in a daze, just almost hallucinating at that point. Would, on would the you last say day. sort of your under real personality came through throughout the, the crack in the mask? <laughs> I mean, that's not how I'd phrase it necessarily, hmm. okay. but sure. I mean, if you want to say it that way. Yeah. Uh, but we went to my Otter Sally and uh, looking for stuff to get. And I was like, oh, let's go by Colleen Coover's table. Got up there and she had the second volume, I think, of Small Favors, which is you her porny comic. <laughs> it's it's one of the first comics she did. It's it is legit like porn comics, but it's very good, very funny. I really like the first volume a lot. Uh, and we were chatting with her, and I kind of looked over at Small <laughs> Favors, and she was like, uh, "Do you want something?" And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Because I didn't know what else to say," and just pointed at it, uh, and it was very embarrassing. Yes, very you embarrassed. I still think you were like a teenager. You were, yeah, That's me too. The story. You were you were like Alex. So just to lay, I'll lay out a little topography here. She has a wide table in Artist Alley, and off to one side is this book on a little rack that says um, uh, "Small Favors." And Alex is uh, she's like, "Oh, do you want this?" And Alex is like, "Mm-hmm." And she's like, <laughs> in her head, she's like, "Oh, that's a pornographic comic." And Alex is just smiling and nodding and laughing. He, Alex <laughs> like, like a, a kid buying person. condoms for the first time. And the, absolutely, she like if the, she had had if she had had other things there, I'd be like, "Yeah, just you know, this pack of gum and like <laughs> yeah. uh, this lighter over here." And if I could just uh, get some peanuts and, and the porno you know, comic, you please. Sp- <laughs> yeah, just copy small favors. Just copy small favors, and also another lighter. That would be great. Oh. Oh, this toilet paper. Thanks. Great comic. Pete, you were there. Know. You don't remember this? I think you were there, right? I, I think it was just you. Yeah, and I. I was. The, oh, was it just the two of us? I don't think Pete was, if he was like, there. That's a barely. A, I mean, that wasn't embarrassing. You just, uh, you know, we're a little flaclump. That's all. I mean, I've gotten into full on arguments with uh, writers and artists in, in the middle of Artist Alley. Um, I would say that's more embarrassing interactions for me and Justin than it is necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, for you, that's super embarrassing. I wouldn't say super embarrassing, but just like, yeah, got to see that coming. Well, there was a time yeah. you um, uh, smoked weed and wore the hat of, uh, what's his name? Kyle Baker. Kyle Baker, yeah. yeah. Why that is that embarrassing? embarrassing? That was awesome. Yeah, I, It was funny. He, they said weird interactions. I would consider that. A weird interaction. And, of course, the story we always tell, when I told um, Jim Lee that he was the king of San Diego. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) At, like, 3 a.m. at a party in his hotel room. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And it was just, he was walking from one side of the hotel room to another to talk to somebody, and you just tapped him on the shoulder, like, hey, you're the king of San Diego. And his look was like... Like, who the fuck let this guy in? Yeah, I don't know who this is. And I shouldn't have asked him if he had any pornographic comics for sale. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He did, though, which was weird. Uh, All right, this is from Bellal. What post-apocalyptic comics would you guys recommend reading? I'm enjoying Punisher the End, and I'm looking for some more stories. Uh, I feel like we covered a couple of them. I'll throw out uh, Hulk Future Imperfect is one of my favorite stories of all time. That's nice. uh, By Peter David. That is an awesome, awesome post-apocalyptic story. Introduced the maestro, the evil... Uh, Hulk for the future, super good. Really creeped me out as a kid. Definitely check that out. Do you guys uh, have any answers for this one? Yeah, yeah. What's the one where it's like the uh, Wolverine comes out of the uh, Hulk stomach? What was that one? That was like the post-apocalyptic Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say uh, I've been looking at the. Remember when DC did Elseworlds annuals um, for one year? I uh-huh. couldn't guess what years. I want to say like. 2002 or maybe it was the late 90s but there were a lot of post-apocalyptic stories where it was 
the DC heroes trying to figure shit out. And there are a lot of great, interesting stories there. Um, we had a, someone mentioned why the last man in comments. That's also a great one. Uh, yeah, Selvin, yeah, I got a good. question from Twitter when you get a chance. Oh, yeah, no problem. Why don't you chime in with it right now? Let's chime do it. Chime it in. Okay, this comes from at Joe Crack. Uh, uh, what's everyone's favorite Batman costume version from the comics and mm. no comics of BTAS don't count? Good call. Uh, favorite Batman animated or live action? No, or I, think, I think favorite Batman comic costume and not, oh, not, including, not including the animated series. Gotcha. Uh, for me, it's um, uh, Jim Lee uh, drawing uh, Batman with all the pouches and the combat boots. You're talking Hush? Favorite. Hush style? Yeah, Hush style, yeah. Um, I like the the where the insignia is the gi- the giant um, black, uh, no mm-hmm. embellishment uh, costume. Sort of the more yeah. basic. I don't want. I don't think that's year one, but it's one of the more basic year costumes. Yeah. I mean, Affleck this might be more with the art, but either Greg Capullo or Lee Bermejo both did really great. Just more tactical takes on the Batman costume, which is not yeah. usually my favorite because it gets a little busy. But I think both of them did such a good job of making it look so realistic in a certain way. Uh, while, while it, I don't know, but while not feeling like the pictures say we see to the Robert Pattinson of Batman, where it's like, oh, maybe the bat's made out of the gun that killed his parents. I don't know. That feels like a step too much for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think that's uh, yeah. too much? You think he melt, a melting much. a gun down and making the Batman costume out of that? Yeah. yeah. I think Greg, I mean, Greg Capullo specifically does a great job of having the tactical side while not having it be too busy without being yeah. it's like all these like extra little knobs and shit. Yeah. A couple of shout outs for the comics here. Rebirth, classic Neil Adams, also a great choice. Uh, 2970s utility belt where Pocket is a self-staff. <laughs> a Dark Knight Returns. I bet Batman he means Inc. 1970s unless he's from 1970s. the future. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, Batman Inc. was a fun one, too. That absolutely was. Uh, all, over on YouTube again, Nelson Martinez, speaking of drinks, what's the best beverage of choice to partner with a garbage plate? Uh, we'll get to Ooh. that one in a second. Second part is, also, I heard Fables brought up before, never read the comic, but played the video game, which I loved. And if you guys oh. play it by any chance, The Wolf Among Us was the title. Great game. That was awesome. That was from Telltale Games, which sadly yeah. shut down. Did The Walking Dead game, which is... I don't know if I'd play it right now, but one of the best video games of all time. Like, it's <laughs> phenomenal and absolutely emotionally crushing. But uh, Wolf Among Us, less so. It's just a good noir mystery. But Fables is great. It's so yeah, good. Great comic. And that, that's a great one to just, like, binge read now because there's tons of issues. Go right into reading Jack of Fables, which is also one of my favorite titles. And you it's love just, that. It's messed up and funny in the right way. Yeah. It's good yeah. stuff. Uh, but drink to pair with the garbage plate. Now that have to be like um, just leaving like a salad dressing in the sun until it becomes alcoholic, oh, and then drink that. Fuck right? you, dude. <laughs> you have to drink garbage to eat garbage, right? Well, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the perfect drink to pair with it is a light beer, um, or you want to do like a vodka soda or something like that, where it's not too heavy. Uh, you need it to kind of like in between. Uh, the shoveling in your mouth. You need a little shoveling. something to help wash it down. <laughs> so are you, you would you're say, a... <laughs> uh, I was just going to ask if the uh, perfect drink with a garbage plate is another garbage plate, but in a glass. <laughs> mm, yeah. Blend it up. Blend yeah. it up. I mean, now, I would drink it, but how many years were you a um, garbage plate sommelier? 
was it was early on, so I would say it was yeah. like uh, four four or five years. Nice. And which what, <laughs> which light beers um, are you talking about? Like, describe some of the effervescent flavors of the light beers. Well, you know, you don't want something too fruity. You know, you want something a little bit more hoppy, a little bit more uh, weedy. You know, you like you don't want it. Uh, you don't want anything that's going to overtake the palate. You want to keep it light. You, you want to taste the garbage. Really, you want to taste, the, taste the garbage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a question here from Comic Book Poser. The realm of new to me. Are there any books that everyone recommends that you think aren't worth the hype? Ooh. Wow. Ooh, I don't know about that. Making I don't feel fight. like we go in. What, Pete? He's, he's asking us to pick a fight with somebody. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. Head. We t- uh, honestly, like, we tend to, uh, as much as possible, avoid talking about books just because people are talking about them. I think mostly. We want to talk about things and we want to read things that we like or are interested in. And certainly, like, full disclosure, at this point with everything going on, most of the comics I read are the comics that we review on the show. And I don't have a lot of time to read books other than that. So mostly when we're picking those books, it's either I know Pete likes it or Justin likes it or I like it. So there's definitely something to like in there. So not to avoid answering your question, but I think... What if was something the comic just... that made you quit reading comics for a little bit? Uh, oh, that was wow. Secret Wars. Secret Wars. <laughs> Secret Wars. Secret Wars. The, the new Secret. Yeah, Secret Wars. Yes, that would you got so that, real angry. That's my answer. Secret Wars. I Go back and listen to that episode. Alex has a full on rant breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I do. That was so if great. you want to talk about, uh, you know what? Good, good uh, story of getting embarrassed in front of a creator. Fred Van Lenty was on that show, and I remember looking back at him and seeing his face after I yelled for like ten solid minutes, being like. I'm associated with you psychopaths. Um, I got to agree with a couple of people in the comments. Old man Logan, I think is uh, overhyped and not, not my favorite comic. Fuck you and fuck the person who said that in the comments. Wow. Pete, you usually are a supporter of the comments. Um, I also say a lot. um, Don't read Watchmen until you've read other comics. I think it's a mistake that Watchmen gets recommended as like, Oh, you want to try comics? Try Watchmen because it's not meant to be that. It's meant to be sort of a, a breakdown, a, a, a commentary on the comic book industry and superheroes in general. I think you get so much more out of it um, if you've read comics before you read Watchmen. All right. Uh, there we go. Uh, next one from Omnia Soul. I'm watch, re-watching Mr. Robot, and I think Sam Esmel would write an amazing comic book if you ever took a shot mm. at it. What other directors or showrunners would you all like to see create a comic, or what title would you like them to write on? Uh, Sam Esmel is a great choice to write a comic. I yeah. feel like... Iron Man. Uh, he, ooh, Give Sam Esmel an Iron Man book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he would make it about Iron Man's company, mostly. Just like in some sort of conspiracy thing going on there, Good. and Iron Man would just wouldn't show up. But that would be he wouldn't show up at all. <laughs> he wouldn't show up at all. Are there other showrunners though that you want to see write a comic book? Hundred percent. The first one that comes to mind is Noah Hawley, who um, obviously oh, yeah. did Legion. Um, but uh, oh, that would be great. Just a a, a great creator who um, visual has a great understanding of uh, visual storytelling. Putting putting him on a book where with a killer artist that could really like, exp- like Chris Bocciolo or someone who could really like expand out the panels and have this great storyline uh, on that on X Men or even like a big like Justice League Noah Hawley's Justice League or something that's a little more focused like 
uh, like a swamp thing or something like that, where it's all about the internal character. Uh, sorry, there's a comment here from First Hand Up Guy uh, over on Crowdcast. Is this true? Uh, because I do not remember this all, but he says, also on the episode with Alex's Secret Wars round, a German man raised his hand and then just insulted the movie Boyhood. Wow. <laughs> that makes me want to go listen to that. Cause that's yeah, I kind of want to go back and listen to it what again. What a time capsule uh, <laughs> that episode was. Oh, amazing. A uh, couple of quick questions. Let's uh, rip through as many of these as we can do. Uh, Edward Doherty, question, why doesn't uh, Pablo think of a question before he has given the microphone? <laughs> oh. 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 I don't know. He's just trying to help. Yeah, he's, he's just, just trying, trying to, to be a good audience member. Yeah. Exactly. That's nice. But, uh, <laughs> thank you. But I, I, should, I will applaud that you noticed that because yes, we do you. know that too. Yes. Uh, first hand up guy says, uh, did any of you read the Batman cataclysm contagion event? How far are we from a no man's lad situation? Um, I think we're pretty far off from that. Right. New Yorkers. No b- bridges are going to be blown up. Well, let's see what happens. The way that people talk about New York on cable news in the last like <laughs> four or five days has started to get fucked up. Yeah. It's yeah. like not cool. Um, but uh, like, I mean, I, I get it. Some people don't like New York City, but the way it's talked about is just like people live there. Like, what are you doing? I will say we live oh, we you, live in as oh. Brooklynites. We're Bloodhaven residents. Hold on. Can we point out that Pete has been out of the city for two weeks in Philly and he's already said people live there. He's already checked out in his mind. You're not a New Yorker anymore. You're yeah. from you can't, Philly. You can't man. take that from me. Yeah. This Motherfucker, I've the been there since 99. You are ninety percent cheesesteaks and calzones at this point. Exactly. Well, that might be true, but that doesn't. You can't. You can't take that away from me. That's the Philly calzone talking. It's influenced your thinking. Uh, here's Turning a your brain from, into a calzone. <laughs> here's a question from Sleepy Pigeon JT: Are you in an unfinished basement with Christmas lights? <laughs> um, y- yes, yes, that's a very good uh, call. I'm at uh, this is my basement, and I hung up Christmas lights so it wasn't just a dark pit. But uh, behind me, you can see that's my workbench, and that's wow. a costume where I played a credit card uh, in a, as a character once. <laughs> what do you got the uh, Joe versus Volcano you could show us? Uh, it's on the other side of the room, so it would take oh. me a minute, but I do have it. Maybe oh, I'll set next good. next episode, I'll set that up behind me so it's uh, yeah. visible. Joe, Joe versus Volcano, obviously my favorite movie. I have a massive poster that was gifted to me when I was in college. <laughs> Uh, Aaron wants to know where the puke machine is. Uh, uh, we don't have time to talk. You don't about have time that. to I'm talk sorry. about the puke machine. We don't have time to talk about that. Instead, uh, from JMC Hammer, any thoughts on Gabriel Rodriguez's <laughs> tweet today about the new Lock and Key script? Oh. Well, I'd recommend you give a listen to Lock and Key Unlock, the last episode where we talked to Gabriel Rodriguez, and he did actually talk about this a bunch. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, if I'm getting any of the details wrong, but he tweeted he's finally uh, gotten a script from Joe Hill for, uh, I'm blanking the exact name, but it's like in the pale something, something. Uh, and this yeah. is the first of a two part, uh, two part golden age story. That's going to wrap up their golden age books, which are sort of like out, not out of continuity, but out of time. They don't take place in the same time period as the main lock and key story. And they are going to very sneakily set up the Sandman lock and key crossover. Were yes. there any details that I missed there? Uh, no, that's a hundred percent correct. And I mean, just the way um, he was teasing, the way he talked about that with us and then 
days later teases us with the, the script was great. It's the title of it is In Pale Battalions Go. There it is. Yeah. Very excited to Super see that. Uh, he also urged people to stay as patient as possible because obviously it's going to take a while. Yeah. Um, cool. We got a couple other quick ones uh, to run through. Uh, o. Renclez says, since everybody, including the characters in the comic, are hating the new Tim Drake costume, am I the only one who thinks he should go back to the pre-New 52 Red Robin costume? What do you Ooh. think about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Red Robin as a character I thought was cool. He was the Robin that sort of went a different way and was trying to balance like having a regular life with all the super rogues. And I like that about him. Um, so yeah, get back to the classic red Robin. Excellent. Uh, from Jay Sinison, would Catwoman be buddies with the tiger King? I don't think so. Because he used tigers, right? Murder the tiger King. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think she'd be buddies with Carol Baskin either, not to get too deep sure. into Tiger King talk. Yeah, but. I don't think so either. I think <laughs> she would she would take all three of those assholes down. Yeah. And Absolutely. all of the people associated with them. Um, yeah. Except for cool the one arm lady. She was awesome. Yes. Uh, cool. And I think uh, we have time probably for one more question here. Uh, again, from First Hand Up Guy. On the flip side, what are some good comic runs in a more fantasy setting that would be good to tear into now? Or what are some classic must read Marvel DC runs to catch up on now? Don't say the Korvac saga, please. Um, nah. My one answer. Also, the Korvac saga, did. I think, is only three annuals. Like, it's not super long. <laughs> Yeah, and it's pretty fucked up if you read it now. So, yes, don't don't read the Corvax saga. Uh, classic Marvel DC runs that we haven't already covered. Any Ooh. suggestions? Um, classic. It's hard to think about the word classic. Um, I, mean, I mean, if you want to get into something, uh, like if you're a fan um, of Hickman's X-Men, Hickman's Fantastic Four run was great, just as uh, deep and uh, full of mythology. And getting into the, his, um, was it Illuminati? Was the was that the name of the title that he also wrote and sort yeah. of spun out of that? Like that was great too. Uh, yeah, two that I think of offhand. One, um, George Press's Wonder Woman run is great. Mm. Just like absolutely beautiful, but also just like really good. If you never quite gotten Wonder Woman, just a real nice basic mythology-based thing to check out, I think is really good. And also, Justin, you were texting about this earlier, but Chris Claremont X-Men is, I think, a good one as well. Um, Like, get caught up on those. I was looking through some of my old books, and, like, Dark Phoenix Saga, real good. Uh, All of those books for the Chris Claremont one, just very, very good and good checking out. Pete, you have any answers there? Well, uh, the only thing that I'm really coming up with is the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy run that we ro- liked recently with Rocket Raccoon uh, being sick was really, really enjoyable. I-, I had a great time on that, and that's the only thing that I would like really recommend to people that's coming wow. to my head right now. I would yeah. throw out the Age of Apocalypse as a good X-Men crossover uh, as well, something that you could really dive into uh I'm trying to think of some other more fantasy based comics. I mean, I talked about I talk about Bone on here a lot. Great mm-hmm. fantasy title that's like pretty lighthearted at the start and sort of eases into the fantasy elements. Saga's uh, I mean, not classic, but it's amazing. 
a couple of quick suggestions from the comments, both on YouTube and Crowdcast here. Early Mike Grell, Green Arrow, Ollie and Dinah owning the flower shop is a classic. Mm, uh, yeah. Mike Grell, Warlord, Whedon's Astonishing X-Men and BKV's Runaways. Uh, Chris Claremont's Nightcrawler ongoing. He did a few years ago. was really good. Uh, mm. And Common D, Dan Jurgens, Thor, all great answers. Uh, you know what? We have two quick questions here. I think we can slam through them from first stand up guy as well. Is Red Robin your favorite superhero who is named for a family casual restaurant? Uh, no, the answer is uh, Taco Bell. Taco I would say Bell bit. TJ's favorite. Big Boy is my favorite superhero. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> exactly. Hey, guys, that's a big boy. Yeah. Uh, and last one from Joe Crack. If Dokken beats Punisher in his upcoming death match in my video game, should I remake Punisher into Frankencastle? What do you think, no. Pete? No. And stop playing with my goddamn emotions. No, that, yeah. I think that's part of the game. You you unlock Frankencastle like it was un, like he was unlocked in our hearts uh, many years ago. Yeah. I think actually that's a good uh, segue to mention, Pete. We did try to get you a present for Tommy Boy Day that didn't quite work out. Uh, We tried to get you a cameo from Julie Warner from Tommy Boy. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, she didn't pick up on it. She didn't do it. Uh, But we were going to have her say one of the classic phrases from Tommy Boy and also compliment uh, garbage plates and uh, drop something about Frankencastle. But it did not work out, so I'm really sorry about that, and I really yeah. apologize, Pete. We really you put know. some time into it. Yeah. Oh, guys, you're the sweetest. Yeah, anytime. Uh, now we are going to move on to our next section, which is trivia, and for that I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Unfortunately, we can only do it with folks who are here on Crowdcast, not on YouTube, um, but oh my God, uh, we already had somebody right on it. Pete, yeah. are you okay yeah. with this first hand up guy? Wait, uh- it, I see someone says me. That's the first hand up guy. The, that's what I'm saying. That's me. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah yes. me. Yeah, let's that's let's invite me in there. Oh, okay, Bilal, are you yeah, Bilal. okay to come on screen? I'm gonna pull you in. If so, you ready? Yeah. All right, hold well on. Enter the stream. Here we go. I'm gonna enter the stream. Yes, I know you got to be super quick. I guess what we're doing is literally whoever says it as soon as I end audience questions. Uh, but Bilal has been invited, is getting pulled into the stream here, so should be any second now. Um, and now, Pete, you can also very- say, like, he doesn't have to be the first. Yeah, there should be a timing thing, too. You don't want to oh. have people jump in the gun. Hey, hey. hey. What's up, guys? How are, how are Welcome, you? Thanks sir. for jumping Welcome. in. I'm going to turn it over to Thank Pete you. LePage here for a little trivia. And uh, if you get it right, we're going to send you a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. We'll see what happens. But just uh, I'll explain what will happen afterwards. Pete, take it away. All right. Well, first off, sweet tea, man. I really like that T-shirt. Sweet it's fantastic. Tea. Sweet artwork behind you. Thanks. And yeah. I love when we move to trivia because you get to see Pete's full ceiling fan behind him. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry for first hand up guy who, uh, you know, I thought was going to be the winner. But OK, so today's trivia is on topical comic news. Hopefully not for the last time. Uh, I'm going to read it real hard for you in a week, Pete. Yeah, I know. I have know. comic news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nothing uh, going on. Just a bunch of Robin Williams movies. <sighs> yep. So I'm going to read you a question. Listen to all three possible answers. Get all three quest- questions right. $25 will be yours in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. All right. So here we go. Uh what will now read you Marvel Project Mind Stories, if you ask? 
Is it A, Alexa, B, your uncle if you buy him beer, or is it C, Vin Diesel? So it's either A, Alexa, or it's B or C. I'll go with Alexa. Alexa is correct. You can now ask Alexa to read you comic book stories. Wow. Uh, Marvel really? set that up pretty Take the crazy. effort out of the game, huh? <laughs> hey man, uh, you know he was nice enough to join us in the stream here. I right? don't don't no, take I'm, shots. I'm talking about Alexa reading comics to you. Oh, I'm not talking yeah. about the trivia you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think we're all used to you giving hints at this point, right? Oh uh, well, I know. I was surprised that you took a shot at that. All right, here we know. go. Question number two: Mass for America was helped launch by comic creator. Eduardo Miranda Rodriguez to send Max to Corona hotspots, but what actor is also spreading the word? Is it A, Neil Patrick Harris, B, Mark, Mark Ruffalo, or is it C, Bradley Whitford? Uh, so it's either A would be cool if it was true, or it's B, Mark Ruffalo. It's going to go with Ruffalo. Yes, that is right. Mark Ruffalo helping us out with that. Last question. What comic-based TV show just got renewed for season two? Oh. Is it A, Lock and Key, B, Tiger King, or is it C, Robert De Niro? So it's either A, if you would like $25, or you could be wrong. No, we'll go with Lock and Key. Yeah. That's right. Woo. I don't know if we'll ever get to see it, but I'm excited about it. Awesome. Uh, congratulations. So you just won a $25 online gift card to Midtown Comics. All you need to do is email comicbookclublive at gmail.com with your name, your address, uh, and your email, and we will get that right off to you. And you can be enjoying some online comics that will be sent directly to you. You don't need to leave your house or anything. Thank you so much for coming in, Val. Yeah, congratulations. Man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you congrats. All right. There we go. Nice. Good trivia. Now, as we all know, Tomorrow is new comic book day. We wait, wait, recommend... I didn't get to do. We didn't get oh, to. Oh, right. Oh, right, right. It's the second time you've done that to me. I'm so sorry. This being at home thing is really throwing me. I'm sorry about uh, that. So the next show started uh, 10 minutes ago um, in the theater. So we have to really crank this up. <laughs> yeah, we got to wrap this up. Kevin, uh, we also want to apologize. Carrie... Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the comments here. Uh, we did jump ahead of actual first hand up guy is his username. Um, Pete, would, do you want to make as the star of trivia? I would say. Do you want Why to make you a put a question mark that? after that? Oh, put the star of trivia. Do you want to make a ruling on if somebody uses the name first hand up guy? Are they first hand up guy, and therefore the person who should do trivia? Or how does this work? Well, well, that's the thing. We had to wait until the section for you were like, okay, who wants to volunteer to do it? Yes, he is first hand up guy, and he has been commenting, but. When we asked, okay, who wants to do it? First-hand gov guy wasn't there. And I was rooting for him. I was hoping uh, he would be first-hand up guy because that's a great name that he put. Uh, But unfortunately, the timing of it or or whatever didn't work out. Just think about it. He's lived his entire life (laughs) as Mr. Up Guy, like made fun Mm -hmm. of. His parents obviously cruelly naming him first-hand. Um, it's Mr. What's Mrs. his Up guy. middle name? Yeah. What's his middle name? Uh, now, I keep in mind, that. I think the person who uh, is first in Up guy is um, friend slash enemy, a friend of the show, enemy of Pete, Nat Towson. 
<laughs> no way. <laughs> I think that wow, is correct. Wow, you just doxed him. You just doxed <laughs> first hand up guy. Yeah. Oh my god. No, he he, he admitted that. it in the comments. So I think uh, it's very funny that you sort of uh, psychically punched him in the gut by not selecting him, even though he was clearly <laughs> first hand up guy. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, Sorry, getting Matt. back to this important Rob Robin Williams quiz. Uh, what were your third answers here, Pete? So it's Vin Diesel, sure. uh, Bradley Whitford, and then Great. Robert De Niro. And Kevin was correct. He's called it. It's Awakenings. Oh, great! Ah, that's great. great Vin, stuff. Vin Diesel uncredited, but he's in there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, now, as we said. Normally, we recommend you go to your uh, comic book shop or go to your digital comic book shop. Obviously. Things are pretty much shut down, uh, but I, I think I could read off maybe a way of doing this is I could read off what we're going to be doing for the stack. So people, if they want to read ahead, if they want to prep, uh, yeah, if they want to that's know nice. about it. Yeah. Uh, because there are yeah, such so, a limited number of comics coming out tomorrow that um, these can basically be our picks. Right. And I think what we're going to do, we talked about this a little bit for the foreseeable future, is we are going to do legacy picks. We are going to drill down on stuff. So at least tomorrow, uh, the new titles that are coming out, we're going to have a review for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Something Wicked, number one, Batman the Adventures Continue, number one, Cosmo the Mighty Martian, number five, and then our throwback stack is um, one shots that we each particularly liked a bit. So I'm very excited to talk about them. Uh, Pete's pick was Batwoman, number four. I picked Spider. Spider-Man Human Torch, number three, and Justin picked Green Lantern Sinestro Corpse Special, number one. So those are the yeah. ones we're going to be talking about. And I'll give you a little other preview just because some people have been really out of this about this. So that's what we're going to do for the stack tomorrow. Next week's stack, we're going to do all about Squadron Supreme. Uh, this yes. has been a often requested, particularly from uh, our one of our last guests before everything got shut down, Hurricane Maybe Helms came on last, the show. Was he the last guest? Maybe. I think it was the last the last one we might have done as a solo show. Do we yeah. have that on? Nat, were you on? <laughs> <laughs> we I can't don't remember. remember. Oh, no, I lost we had, all track we had of Langston. Time. We had Langston. Um, I think it went Nat, Hurricane, Langston. And right. Then, there you go. No, it says uh, Nat says he was last. Oh, really? Oh, okay. There we go. Well, whatever it was, it's been a long time. Uh, but so we're going to be doing uh, last hand, last this hand down stack. guy? Last hand uh, down guy? And then we're going to do... Squadron Supreme the week after that. If you want to read ahead, if you want to get prepped, we'll be doing that two stacks from now. Uh, and then as long as we are shut down, as long as comics aren't coming out, we're going to aim to do a bunch of legacy titles like that. We've already gotten a bunch of awesome suggestions from you all. Uh, so very excited to plumb back into the archives as we talk about these things. That all said, a couple of things before we go. We are going to be doing the show live to the internet every Tuesday at 7 p.m., both the Crowdcast and YouTube, so we hope you'll join us one of those two places. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash comicbookclub, uh, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe to the show and listen. If you are on iTunes in particular, please leave us a comment. Those help us a lot. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more and tell you what we'll see you next week right here online please someone rescue me from this fucking basement that blow your mind